Thanks, guys, for joining me again for this week's edition of the Tradecast. This weekly podcast is brought to you by our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. And my name is Byron Lambert. Uh, before we dive into the week seven trade market, uh, just a tiny bit of housekeeping. I wanted to thank many of our pro subscribers. You guys are terrific members of Rosterwatch Nation. Uh, for going in the comments section on the site at rosterwatch.com and helping each other. I've seen a lot of activity between uh, pro subscribers, answering each other's fantasy questions, brainstorming, uh, and head scratching in there. I really love to see that. It's helpful for us. It's helpful for you guys. And there's nothing more powerful than our community. So uh, we'd love to see you keep it up. Um, and hey, look, if any of you guys want to be committed moderators in there, email me rosterwatch at gmail.com and I'll set you up with a pre a free annual pro subscription. Uh, if you're somebody that we can, can count on in the comments section, uh, helping the other kind and wonderful members of Rosterwatch Nation. Um, promised you guys a breakdown of the Rosterwatch Listener League on last week's podcast. It's the Cockamamie Business League. Uh, that I was supposed to do last week. And guys, I did all the work, but the podcast ran long and I just couldn't put it on there. And then Alex told me that Matt Deutsch, our program director at SiriusXM, would, his head expl- would explode and he would run to the bat phone uh, and call the emergency hotline at SiriusXM if we went on air talking about the Cockamamie Business League on national, international satellite radio. So Fortunately for y'all, I've gotten very maniacal and done a second breakdown this week, which uh, kind of plays off of last week. So you're actually going to get a more in-depth analysis of the Cockamamie Business League that many of our pro subscribers are playing in. Uh, We'll talk about that at the end of this podcast. Uh, Again, uh, you can find this podcast every week on iTunes. You can also find our maniacal Roster Watch Waiver Podcast, Waiver Wire Podcast every Tuesday of the week during the season on iTunes. Please, guys, uh, if you could, we'd really, really appreciate it. Just go to iTunes, give these podcasts a five-star review, a maniacal five-star review. We love compliments. It helps us, it helps us keep us motivated to keep doing these things for, uh, for you guys and keeping these podcasts free. Also, you can follow us on Twitter where we are frequently engaged with all of our followers there and um, many of our our pro subscribers as well right there on Twitter at Rosterwatch. You can catch us there all the time in addition to the comments section on the website where you will definitely find me daily and uh, you'll occasionally find the trash man in there uh, too. All right, well, here's how the trade market sets up for week seven. It's ride high or sell high with Adrian Peterson. After the 74% snap count, 26 touch mega monster. I mean, he's going to finish the regular season as a workhorse back. The regular fantasy season. Adrian Peterson will complete the regular fantasy season through week 12 or week 13 as the workhorse running back in Arizona. Uh, we spoke with ESPN, uh, former ESPN NFL insider Adam Kaplan about this situation recently. You know, Bruce Arians has come out and said it's starting to look like David Johnson could become more available around Thanksgiving or, or, or early December, which again would be more towards the fantasy playoffs. And um, 
Adam Kaplan told us that David Johnson, you know, will come back and resume the, you know, his Michael Jordan, Zeke Elliott role as the 25 touch per game guy himself. So this probably won't last forever with Adrian Peterson here. And you've got to recognize that um, he gets the Rams this week, which on paper is a good matchup. I mean, you saw Fournette really with the one big run last week against the Rams. But he had he had the big game. I think Adrian Peterson can do just fine against the Rams. But then he does have the bye. And then following that, for the remainder of the regular fantasy season, through that end of November, through that week 12 or week 13, that you know that's obviously the critical stretch here, especially the next few weeks. He's got pretty tough matchups. On the slate, on the docket. Here, let me look them up for you guys. I don't I don't want to just throw that out there without qualifying it. But Adrian Peterson, after the Rams this week, goes to buy. And then he has San Francisco, which should be fine. But then Seattle, Houston, Jacksonville, the Rams again, the Titans, the Redskins, and the Giants. So it's not an easy schedule for Adrian Peterson Upon his return, he does have the buy next week. Again, it's ride high or sell high with Adrian Peterson. If you can, you can get a really, if you can put him into a deal where you can get a premium, ultra premium player. I'm talking, you know, Le'Veon Bell caliber. If you can do something really spectacular with their roster that involves shipping Adrian Peterson off, we sign off for it. I think a lot of you guys are probably just going to have to ride high. He's going to be the workhorse for the remainder of the regular fantasy season. It could change for the fantasy playoffs and really screw you. So you need to know that now and keep an eye out for trading him along the way. Um, But if you don't want to absorb his buy next week, I mean, there's no better time to look at attempting to sell him now. He's not a must sell. He's a sell high. Or if you want, if you need... He's a ride high with Adrian Peterson in the desert. Jordy Nelson. Throw him in on a multiplayer deal. You know, with his name value for a more premium player. We'll talk about some guys later in this podcast that you can do that with. He has the buy next week. You know, or unfortunately, if you can't get that done, this is just one of the tough breaks of the fantasy season, losing Aaron Rodgers. It's a, it's a downgrade. I mean, there's plain and simple. It's a downgrade. There's a little bit of a theory out there that this could be an uptick for Martellus Bennett and Randall Cobb with Brett Hundley in a short and intermediate passing game. It makes sense. You know, we, we need to see it happen. Uh, this is a downgrade for Jordy Nelson. He'll still be a decent player, but... Um, Man, you need to throw him in on a multiplayer deal while he's got the name recognition. Potentially prior to the bye, while they've got this matchup with the Saints that some people are going to predict will be some higher scoring. Get him, Ship him out for a more premium player on the season. We'll talk about some of those targets later in this podcast. Otherwise, you're just going to have to ride it out. Otherwise, you're just going to have to ride it out with Jordy Nelson and take the lumps. And you know what? If you've got to ride it out, He's still a a good flex play every week of the season. But that's what he is, a flex play. T.Y. Hilton, it's been totally boom bust. But he's probably a hold. I mean, he's probably a hold right now. If you got him, you just play him every week and you're going to take 
the peaks with the valleys. And when he goes boom, I mean, he helps win you the week. He's probably a hold. He's got a tough upcoming schedule. You know, prop, a tough upcoming schedule, but no buy until week 11. And it has a lot of value right now because these next two to three weeks are an absolutely critical stretch of the season. We have to get wins. Not having a week, uh, a buy until week 11 is pretty nice for Hilton. You know, I, I'm not sure if it exists in your league, but you, you know, Hilton, you sh- everybody should at least go look at Hilton in your league and see what the situation is because there could be some circumstances under which he is a buy low in some leagues, in which case we'll, we'll certainly be examining that, you know, or if we were going to be shipping off a more premium player and breaking him down for two solid assets that we view as buy lows. Uh, T.Y. Hilton would be a great target in a deal like that if you're on the multiplayer side of the deal. Oh, man. Hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about it. I have a feeling it's not. Our weekly update. I mean, hope you listened to the podcast last week. Hope you tried to sell Marshawn Lynch in a multiplayer deal last week. A two-for-one, three-for-two where you were consolidating the medium assets into premium assets that uh, <clears throat> to improve the equity at the top of your roster while we just replace those medium assets with burgeoning gold from the waiver wire cheat sheet available every Tuesday at rosterwatch.com and with trades right here on the weekly trade cast uh, every Wednesday of the season. If you couldn't get the Lynch deal done last week, I mean, just rewind these podcasts and remember what you told we, we told you. This is semi-predictable. He probably wasn't going to have three great games in a row at home because he's so touchdown dependent right now because that stupid offensive coordinator, we'll get to this in a second, Raider Nation is on tilt. But we told you more than likely you were just going to have to view this three-game home straight with, stretch with Lynch on the whole as basically a singular event and just live through the whole thing, which meant just get him in, close your eyes, play him all three weeks, and at the end of the day, you're going to look back and say, all right, that was a decent stretch, and I'm going to have a, had a couple of chances here, hopefully, to get Lynch's value to a point where we can ship him off. So, you know, if you've got him, you're, if you didn't get him off your roster last week, you're probably going to have to play him again this week. And just it's a wait and see. You know, and if you can't get it done, we have to accept what it is and just live with the fact that Marshawn Lynch will be a low-end flex play, but one that you can start every week, you know, moving forward. While you develop other options, and and look, I mean, it's week seven. By now, if you've used the waiver wire cheat sheet, if you've been making the trades, all the things we've told you that you have to do, you know, it's really a few key elements to in-season management that are responsible for 60, 70% of your fantasy success on the season as a whole. You know, this stuff is more important than your draft. We always tell you and so you you should have developed other options by now where you're not totally relying on Lynch. If some reason you are, you know, he's a flex that you have to start every week. 
until you otherwise notified, you know, otherwise his value gets up. Maybe it'll happen this week and maybe we can get him off in that multiplayer deal. Maybe we'll get one more crack at it after this week. You know, the Raiders have come out and said, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. They've lost four in a row. I know that they have a new offensive coordinator. I know they were trying to preserve Marshawn Lynch for the long run this season. But they've basically thrown their number one weapon and number one asset as a team out the window with the offensive line. I mean, Lynch, most of these games, he's averaging four or five yards a carry. He's he's efficient. He's effective. He's just not getting the volume. I mean, see Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson with 10 or 15 touches, sub-single-digit touches, he wasn't going to do anything in New Orleans. Give the man volume and he beasted. And I know they're trying to preserve Lynch, but, I mean, honestly, that loss last week might have been the best thing. Because, you know, the talk coming out of Oakland from Jack Del Rio is that the team needs to return to an offense that can sustain drives. That sounds to me like a tough-minded head coach who wants a team that pounds the ball with his offensive line and 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 starts to establish clock uh, you know clock control possession control of the game field position control of field position we hate hoping for things at this point in the season but that loss potentially is going to push them in that direction and, you know, the time is now for the Raiders. They've lost four in a row. They lose any more of this thing's over with. So what are you saving Marshawn Lynch for? And at this point, if he heats up and gets you back on the map and you got to spell him a little more at the end of the season, that's got to be what, they think, what they're thinking. So I think if you have to, if this doesn't pan out, if we can't get it, even if he has a good week and for some reason he can't get a deal done with Lynch, then just accept that he's a low-end flex that you can start every week the rest of the season while you develop other options. And I still think you can hope for some breakout or a stretch where he breaks out somewhere along later in the season. It's just not something you should be designing your plans around uh, right now. One more little piece of uh, housekeeping. This is a tiny nuanced piece of strategy, but we're maniacal at roster watch and, just the little things that we agonize over. Uh, the trash man took me to the dumpster last week with a sneaky Marvin Jones play, one that I would have completely been on. I was in desperate need of wide receivers too. We were in both bye week hell with our wide receivers. I desperately needed a win in this league. And what happened was I set all my waivers Tuesday night and I created my watch list for the week Tuesday night. And, you know, look, we get busy. We're so busy. We are so busy. So at that point, I check my waivers. I wake up Wednesday morning, set my lineup, and then I come back and check the team on Saturday when I have some time to try to put it together. I'm, I spend more time helping you guys with your teams. I get nearly a, a moment to work on mine, uh, which, which is cool. I'd much rather... I live for you guys' teams. When y'all, when your teams win, I'm super excited. We root for your teams on Sundays. We know your teams. We know a lot of your names. We know a lot of the players on your teams. We've seen a lot of your rosters. So a lot of times we answering your questions on Sunday and giving you sit-start advice, and we're rooting for you uh, guys. So we get a lot of 
gratification out of that even more than our own teams with our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. We can't thank you guys enough for making this podcast uh, possible, but I needed a wide receiver play badly. And what happened was trash man went in on Friday and picked up Marvin Jones and then he played him against me. And that was a big, basically the margin of victory that he won by. And I said, what the hell happened? Well, I went back and looked and Marvin Jones was a player that he had rostered. He dropped him on Tuesday night or Wednesday, you know, in the middle of the night on Wednesday as part of the waiver process. And then once he cleared waivers, he went back and picked him up on Friday. It was a sneaky, trashy move and it hurt bad. Hurts badly getting put in the trash when it's dumpster. And what had happened was, is when I reviewed the scenario, is that I, Marvin Jones never made my watch list because he wasn't available on Tuesday night when I was setting my waivers. So one small thing, you know, it's these little things that separate the good players from the average players that separate the elite players from the good players to separate the maniacal players from the elite players is look, when you go in Wednesday morning, and you look at your, at the waiver transactions, first of all, never just go to your team page and just see who you got and start setting your lineup. Go to the league page. Go look at all the transactions that occurred overnight with the waiver claims. See what happened with every team. And, you know, mainly mainly you want to see who you got. But it, while you're there, it takes two seconds to see what else has happened with the league. And what I'm saying is if I had taken two seconds just to see who was dropped – last week i would have noticed marvin jones was dropped and i would have added him to my watch list it would have been it would have literally taken me 30 seconds to scan the transaction list for i hadn't thought about it and i didn't even do it and so that's something i'll do every week moving forward we're too good of players to sleep on little things like that that would be easy to resolve so my little tidbit of advice to you guys this week Okay, here's how the trade market is shaped up for week seven. I mean, Alex got it. We'll get, let's get right into it. Alex talked about it on the podcast yesterday. He wanted to know about Julio Jones. Julio Jones, is he a buy low? Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones is a buy low right now. Um, nobody's gotten exactly what they signed up for with them. And if you listen to Alex, who's a Julio Jones owner, you're a little bit concerned about the Steve Sarkeesian situation and just the underperformance. You know, you just you feel a little goosey, but you don't want to be a donk player and sell him too low. That's not that's not that's not a winning strategy. And he's got New England, the Jets, and the Panthers coming up, the Cowboys. I mean, there's some good matchups coming up here. You know, you always worry about Julio being a little bit of a decoy. Once he's banged up early in the season, it's just he's one of these guys, man. He's always banged up, and he's a little boom bust because because of it. And he's hard to trust on the long term. So, you, you know, buy low is a relative term. Rarely with these mega superstars, which in fantasy, which Julio definitely is, especially in most of our PPR leagues. A guy like that, no matter how much he's underperformed, is rarely had for much of a discount. But what I like to say is, usually these guys are off the table completely. 
This is a time where you can at least have a discussion about Julio Jones. So, you know, if I'm a winning team that has the capital on my roster to go after Julio Jones, I'm looking into it. If I am a losing team, which you could be with the way Julio Jones has started, you could be a losing team with Julio Jones. And... I'm in a bind. I mean, I he's he's one of the ones you can you can keep him in the stable and you can ride that horse for the rest of the season. And hope he brings you back. Definitely, especially with this stretch of games coming up. But I, I think it's fair for a team that's losing, that's two and four, one and five. If you own Julio Jones, I'd see what I could get for him. I'd see what I could get for him. I'd li- I'd I would listen to some of these other buy lows that I have coming up, and I would maybe target some of those guys if you can get a multiplayer deal that makes sense. Off of a team that's deep, that's willing to overpay a little bit for Julio Jones. Overpay is a very relative term. Um, by overpay, I mean not get the discount that some others might try to lowball you with right now. Something fair that serves your purposes to win this week. Then he's in play, and I think you can look at it uh, there with Julio Jones. Another buy low. It's been what a roller coaster. Actually, this is less of a roller coaster and more of a it's starting to feel like a one of the ones at the fair that goes just in circles. Uh, Ty Montgomery. I mean, what a wild ride it's been. But I think he's a buy low now. Smart owners will know. Will smart owners will think there's a chance that he's about to uptick? But there's a lot of leagues where. N- People aren't going to understand that this potentially is a positive change of events for Ty Montgomery, the Aaron Rodgers injury. There's a lot of people who maybe didn't watch the game to see Ty Montgomery's usage. They're just going to look at the stats. They're going to look at the situation with the injured Aaron Rodgers. They're going to look at the bye coming up. I'm not giving up the house for him, but Ty Montgomery – a very reasonable buy low right now. Could be a wild card for you down the stretch. Could be a big, big wild card for you down the stretch. You know, could be a flex play f- for you. And hopefully you, there's not much to lose in a deal for him. Devontae Parker in Miami. Still waiting to see if he's going to play this week. Mm. Might be a good time before that information comes out to target him. It's kind of 50-50. If it comes out and says he's out this week, then it's an even better chance to buy on him. But if he comes out and says he's going to play this week, then you've lost, probably lost your opportunity here. So, I mean, with Parker, it just feels like it's been a lost season. But if you look into it, it's just not. You know, they had the hurricane in week one, so he didn't play in week one. He was a nine-target-per-game guy the next three weeks after that and was was decent but not great. But you felt it trending in the right direction as that Dolphins team was kind of getting things in gear. It's been slow moving there in Miami. But, but uh, you know, but then you get screwed where he gets injured the first five minutes of the game two weeks ago. And then he doesn't play last week. And then it just, in the entirety, for most normal owners, fantasy players, 
It just feels like a lost season for Devontae Parker. And what I'm telling you is it's not. It's not. It's not. And I think he can be had for cheap. If I needed wide receiver help, if I just wanted a good stash on bench and I was a deep team, I would, I'd go get him. And, I mean, you heard Adam Gaze this week talking about how tough he is. And if he, if he can play, he'll play because he has a high pain threshold. He surprised him many times last year. So you can tell that the coach has a lot of um, admiration for him. You see Jay Ajay heating up there. You realize that the Dolphins are three and two. I mean, they're right in this thing. They have no buy ahead of them. I mean, the Devontae Parker breakout is coming. He's a, he is the he's the best. He's most observers think he's the most talented player on the offense. I mean, I was there at camp. I mean, Jay Cutler loves him. He was so close to the breakout, and then he got injured. He was trending for the breakout, and then he got injured. I promise you guys, it's coming. I promise you guys, Devontae Parker is going to surprise a lot of you at some stretch here this second half of the regular fantasy season. And I would try desperately to get my mitts on him. If I was in a winning situation and I had the depth to do it, go get Parker. You know, if I was a team that just needed a wild card that could give me a big boost, maybe even if I'm not a 5-1 and one and 4-2 and two team, I you know, as long as I didn't have to have him this week, I go trade. I might go trade a couple of players for him. Uh, we mentioned it earlier with the Adrian Peterson discussion. Adam Kaplan tells us that David Johnson will get his workhorse role back when he comes uh, back to to the Cardinals. That will likely be for the fantasy playoffs. So that's something to keep in mind for the winning teams right now who are deep. It could be a really prudent and very inexpensive move to go just take David Johnson out of play from the rest of your opponents in the league and stash him on your bench because who knows? I mean, you could be just playing defense, but maybe you'll need him. Maybe he'll be the thing that makes a difference late in the season and you're a team who can afford to do it. Alvin Kamara... I think he's a little bit of a buy low right now. I mean, it was the Mark Ingram monster we predicted. I mean, it just feels like a Mark Ingram situation. People had our hopes high for Kamara last week. It was a flop. And at the moment, I think what people are probably feeling is that he's going to be a game script dependent, game plan, maybe more game plan dependent than game script, but probably both dependent for Alvin Kamara. I'm not sure that's totally true. I think we still like him on the entirety the rest of the season, specifically in PPR or half-point PPR. You know, and most owners probably aren't so dumb that he's a crazy buy low, but a little win was taken out of those sales this week. If he's a guy you're interested in or if he happens to be an asset on a roster that you're trying to get a deal, you know, a, a larger deal done with. I mean, he is somebody that can be in play there as a guy that you're buying in a little bit low on. Tight end Jordan Reed of the Washington Redskins. I mean, it's just been a disappointment for about 18 months now. 
you wonder if this is where Jordan Reed's career is just has it reached an equilibrium and now he is what he is? You know, or is it just still the injuries and we have the chance for a rebound? And if you got him, you start him. Uh, he definitely has breakout potential. It looks like Vernon Davis has a built-in role to this offense. It's been like that since the end of last season. Vernon Davis is a viable waiver wire option right now. I'm sure you saw him on this week's waiver wire cheat sheet. If you didn't, that's available to our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. Every week there's about 50 to 75 waiver wire, targeted waiver wire pickups for uh, for every week of the season. Uh, that's uh, every Tuesday of the week at rosterwatch.com. We also do the waiver wire podcast right here on iTunes as well. Uh, every Tuesday for you guys. So if you want to see other tight end options, if you you know, other than Vernon Davis, there's plenty of them on there this week. I picked up George Kittle in my own competitive league. I was a little surprised he was on the wire. I'm rolling him out right away this week. Anyways, Jordan Reed, I think he's a buy low. He may not have the ceiling that he should right now the rest of the way but especially in PPR he's a buy low and I'm not sure there's any owners that are just totally committed to him he's certainly on the he's not on people's can't touch list so Jordan Reed an interesting buy low right now as a tight end or you know a lot of leagues are flex flex availability at the our tight end availability at the flex spot you could look at him there Alex Collins of the Baltimore Ravens. The touches and the snap counts continue to slowly trend in the direction we want. It, you know, he's the best traditional running back that they've got. If you watch the games, he is. It feels like there's a real opportunity for him here. And look, people have been on it for a few weeks, but the, the breakout in terms of the actual production just hadn't occurred in our fantasy leagues. So I don't think a lot of people are onto it or married to it just because of that. If you if you can kind of look into the underlying situation, this is things are trending positively for Alex Collins, and I would as a buy low, if you, as 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 a, just a small deal for a buy low, maybe a swap for a low end wide receiver or something. If two people are just trying to balance their rosters a little bit, I like that if they want to bolster your running back core. I also think that if Alan, Alex Collins is a throw-in on a bigger deal you're doing, that's an interesting throw-in, especially if you need some running back or flex help. A couple more by lows here. Is, uh, we'll give you three more wide receivers. I mean, Amari Cooper's, I don't even know if he's a by low because I'm not sure we even want him. You know, we've been telling you that for a while. But, I mean, this is the, the lowest his value's ever been in his career and. You know, what we usually tell you is when a player's fantasy value is the highest it's ever been in his career, he's not necessarily a sell, but that's a time you have to at least consider looking into it. You know, and I guess it's fair to assume the opposite, that when a when a good prospect, when a good player, I mean, let's be fair, I don't, you know, we've thrown Amari Cooper under the bus quite a bit this year, but he is a, he's a good player in the NFL and he was a good prospect. When his fantasy value hits a career low, which it's at right now, I mean, absolute rock bottom, you have to think maybe that represents a time to 
to buy in low on the guy. And I think a variety of owners and teams and fantasy leagues could look at buying into him for a variety of different reasons. Amari Cooper, just worth a look in your league. Another one, Sterling Shepard. In any good league, he's not going to be a buy low right now. But he was only 54% owned yesterday. So we told you in the podcast yesterday, he couldn't make the waiver wire cheat sheet because he's greater than 50% owned. Uh, but he was a guy we were targeting in any league he was available on waivers uh, with the cupboard completely barren for Eli Manning at the wide receiver position. Sterling Shepard has a huge role here when he returns from injury. And uh, I know they got the Seahawks this week and then the bye next week. But, I mean, Sterling Shepard is a real priority in our fantasy leagues. And I put him on the buy low side of things just because it's Seattle this week, the buy next week, the injury. And, you know, most other fantasy players aren't as informed as Roster Watch Nation. So we might be able to take advantage of that here. If you can get Sterling Shepard, I think he's a solid target right now. I'd even I'd even be willing to pay, you know, I guess at least what I consider fair value for him. And then last but not least, I don't really think he's a buy low, generally speaking. But for some reason, it feels like there's a little tiny undercurrent when I monitor Twitter, our Twitter feed that there could be an opportunity here. For some reason, it feels like Michael Thomas of the Saints, if he's not a buy low, he's at least definitely a guy you can talk about in trade discussions. I, you know... I'm talking about him in the buy low list. If I needed a, if I, I'd go look at him in my league. I'd just go look at him in my league. Michael Thomas, at least worth maybe a look in your league and just see what's up, um, what could be done with him because he'd be a really nice ad here as well. All right, thank you guys so much for joining me on today's Tradecast for week seven. This podcast is made uh, possible by our pro uh, subscribers at rosterwatch.com. Uh, at Rosterwatch, we've designed a simple program for you to be a winner. I mean, that's really what we set out to do for you guys when we started the company in 2011. I mean, truthfully, what we wanted to do was we wanted to make a commitment to winning our own fantasy leagues every single year because we were so maniacal. We loved fantasy football and we hated losing. You know, but then the basic idea behind Rosterwatch was, well, let's... Let's take everything that we do and just let's design it to become a simple program that other people can use so they can they can make the same moves we make, they can get the same results we make, but they don't have to put all the work in as we do. They just use they just use the tools. Uh, so it's a really simple program we've designed for our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. So make yourself a winner, get access to all of it with a pro subscription. And I say it's a simple program, but you can still get maniacal with it. Come get maniacal with us. Come join Roster Watch Nation if you're not already a member. All right, guys, here's a few sell highs for the week. We've been talking about them for a while. Two Panthers we've been talking about for a while. Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, he's a plenty good keep. Plenty good keep for the rest of the season at this point. 
But, he, I mean, his value is really solid right now. Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin is a sell high right now. Definitely. Christian McCaffrey, same boat. Big role in the offense. I think he looks like a pipsqueak. I'm starting to come off my Reggie Bush comp and starting to think really he looks more like Danny Woodhead in the NFL. Truthfully, something between a Danny Woodhead and a Reggie Bush. Starting to think more towards the Danny Woodhead side of things. He's got a big role, and I mean, he's he's somebody I think you can play every week, and he's going to be pretty decent the rest of the season. But just for me, if I can sell him high as part of a deal for somebody else I really love a lot more, I'm willing to part with him. Uh, the same goes for Jarek McKinnon. I think he looks less pipsqueakish than McCaffrey. I know Alex says he's always been a spark freak, and I know that. All the truthers have been saying that forever, but he's never shed first contact like this. He's never just, he looks more beastly. It's like I said about Chris Thompson in Washington. Something about him just looks stronger and faster this year. And it's all come together for Jarek McKinnon. I mean, it's hard not to be a little goosey about him, though, given his history. So, I mean, you have to say, Jarek McKinnon's value is the highest by far it's ever been in his career, by a mile. He's a sell high. By definition, Jarek McKinnon is a sell high. I don't think he's as pipsqueakish as Christian McCaffrey, though, um, but certainly goes into that same boat. I mean, Alex talked on the pod yesterday about a Julio Jones for McKinnon trade. We don't sign off on that. I think there's a chance that McKinnon does perform equal to Julio Jones the rest of the season. I think that's possible. And maybe the guy needed running back help. We don't subscribe to that kind of trade. But that tells us Jarek McKinnon is a sell high right now, for sure. For sure. Carlos Hyde, the same thing. I mean, his, if, if you could sell to somebody who only looks at his fantasy production, it should be a solid deal. He's been good. And it could be one of these ones you look back at the end of the season, you say, well, he, he was good. What the hell did I trade him for? I mean, it was all right there in front of me. He was plenty good. What was I thinking? Why did I feel like I had to trade this guy? It's just a little bit of a precautionary move. And if you get the right pieces in return, what's the risk? You know, we worry about Carlos Hyde. We worry about him. On the other hand, on the other hand, we thought it was a little bit of subterfuge with the time split stuff with Matt uh, Brieta last week, and it turned out to be. So on the other hand, I guess if you could get a deal on Carlos Hyde and you need an upside guy at your running back position, it's a reasonable play. Because if this does continue, he's a great play the rest of the season. And I, this stuff of Matt Brietta being a threat to him as a workhorse, I mean, it, that's only if his injury falls or if his health falls through, which is possible. So Carlos Hyde could go either way. I'm more on the side, I know Alex is more on the side that while his value's up, this is the opportunities that you're looking for when you're a Hyde owner to ship them out. This week represents one of those. Derrick Henry is a sell high. We told you on this, this exact podcast last week, if you could. Um, if you could, you should try to trade Derrick Henry last week to the... Um, I'm sorry. Last week, if you had Derrick Henry, we told you to try to trade for DeMarco Murray. Or if you had DeMarco Murray, to try to trade for Derrick Henry because it was a really cheap week to do it. And that was a good situation just to get sewn up. 
I mean, that feels a little bit clairvoyant after what we saw this week. That would have been a really nice move to make, and I hope some of you guys did, or at least attempted to, because now that's going to be harder. But now I think we're on the other side of it. Now I think if you can, because that's an impossible situation to figure out, and look, if you have the luxury of being able to wait on an injury at this point, that's that's great. So the teams that are deep are potential trade partners. Winning teams that are deep are potential trade partners here because they can... They can wait and see what happens with this situation, but it's an impossible backfield to figure out week to week. I don't trust it. And I'd say, well, DeMarco Murray and specifically Derrick Henry's values are as high as they are after coming off of a big week. I would trade him. I would go try to target. First person I would target, if I had Henry, I'd target the Murray owner. If I had Murray, I'd target the Henry owner. And I'd go see what deal I can ship him off for, you know, Otherwise, I'd make them available to other owners in the league as well and just try to get see if you can get something of value for them. I mean, they're both coming off of production-wise a good week, and there's a lot of, a lot of bluster in the air right now about Derrick Henry. So if you can, this is the time to consolidate him into uh, an, an asset that, you can, that feels more reliable moving forward. Chris Thompson continues to be, in our view, what, uh, an ultimate sell high. I mean, at some point when you continue to be a sell high, you're just not because you're just good. But I don't know. We'll take our chances, man, any day of the week with the fact that Chris Thompson's value is higher than it's ever been in his whole career by a mile. He's not a must sell, but he's a sell high. He's a, if you've got him, he's he's made you a lot of money so far this year. And... He's probably kept you afloat, and he, you, you feel perfectly fine playing and moving forward, and you should. But if if we can move in on a mega deal for a premium player and make Chris Thompson a piece in that, we got to get that done, guys. We've got to get that done. few more running backs here that we're looking to sell high on. I'd say Devontae Freeman. And, you know, he's got a great matchup this week with New England. Potentially a great matchup. And he's not a must-sell. I mean, Devontae Freeman's a great guy to keep. But I guess this brings up another subject, because we've talked about Melvin Gordon, who we'll talk about again here in a second. It's really part of the same conversation. We talked about A.J. Green a week last week or a week or two weeks ago about this while he's heading into his bye there's a group of players, and this applies for <coughs> excuse me. This might have applied for Yeah, so this brings up a good topic with Devontae Freeman. 
is there's this very small tier cross section of players in fantasy football that are I don't want to call them quasi elite because that would be underselling them. They're the quasi untouchable players. The AJ Greens, the Devontae Freemans, the Melvin Gordons. And they're never must sells. Yeah, they're 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 never must sells, but what they are is They're the group of guys that if you're a team that's in a bind, they're the rare group of guys that if you're a team that's in a bind and those guys, their value is hot and you need to break down a player into more assets to fill out your roster so you're more competitive every week. It's the rare tier of player that you can do it with. Why do I say that? Well... Sometimes when you're a losing team, you look and you say, well, I've got this horse and I just got to ride him out the rest of the way. That's been the Le'Veon Bells. That's been the Zeke Elliott's. It's been the David Johnson's. To this point, it's been a guy like an Aaron Rodgers. When you're in a hole, you just say, man, trading this guy is not the best way out. The best way out is for me to hold this guy and hope he goes bananas and continue making moves around him. That's the ultra, ultra elite players. The guys like, you know, Melvin Gordon is changing his narrative. But to this point, the guys like Melvin Gordon, the guys like Devontae Freeman, the guys like A.J. Green, they kind of fit the profile, especially while they're hot, of players that are perceived by the average fantasy player as elite and premium, ultra-premium fantasy talents. But those of us in the know view them as just a a tick below the other guys that I mentioned. What I mean by that is when we're in a hole in our our season, we're not sure that we can just hitch the wagon to to those guys and ride the season out and let them bring us back to recovery. We're not, we don't have a high degree of certainty that they're that caliber caliber player that we can put that many eggs in their basket and that that we can rely on them so on the rare occasion when it's somebody like an aj green somebody like a melvin gordon somebody like a Devonte freeman's value is high and if you're an owner that's in a situation where you're in a pinch and you got to make some moves there is a situation where though that level of player comes into play for trade discussions and you can you can, with a clear conscience, can consider trading those guys off if you need to. It has to be for a proper trade. And the reason that I mentioned Devontae Freeman this week is, I mean, he's had, he's been very good on the season. A little bit of a down week this last week. People are probably going to project a big game for him this week against New England. Um, I'm in no rush to get rid of him. But if I'm a losing team and I need, if I, if I can get proper value for him, you know, or get somebody to kind of quote unquote overpay for them because they've got the assets, they're in the position to do it. It's something it's something worth considering because it does people I know people at the beginning of the season thought that this was a Steve Sarkeesian offense that was going to trend more heavily towards Freeman and it appeared that way, but by all appearances, this thing is leveling out more towards 
the split we'd seen in the past with Freeman and Coleman, and I've been a Freeman, we've been Freeman owners very often. He's a great player. But when Coleman is in the mix, Freeman is not an ultra-reliable monster every single week. He's a great player. Great, great player. But more in like the Jordan Howard category of things, you know, than he is in the, you know, right now the Leonard Fournette or the Zeke Elliott category of things. So Freeman owners, if you're in a pinch, I think this is the rare time you can consider shopping him if you need to. Like I said, Melvin Gordon is changing the narrative for him on this subject. (laughs) But again, his value has never been higher in his career. Melvin Gordon owners are in a situation where if you're somehow a losing team and you own Melvin Gordon, no, he's definitely not a must-sell. And he's very, very quickly becoming – I mean, I own him in a league where – in a competitive league where I'm 3-3 and and I've had a lot of injuries – and I've made the decision more than likely I'm just going to – I think he's a horse I can ride the rest of the season. And I'm probably going to just commit to it. But if you're in a real pinch, I do think if you can get the a mega deal for him, Melvin Gordon is a guy that you can consider doing that with. And, you know, being aggressive, you can't ever fault yourself for that. But don't be over-aggressive. Be smart. Not a must-sell, only a sell extremely high if you're in a pinch. That's Melvin Gordon. And maybe we'll say that I hate to put him in. I, you know, I hate to put Leonard Fournette's in a different category when it comes to selling high. I'm not going to put him in the Devonte Freeman category. I'm not even going to put him in that Melvin Gordon territory. He's just a flat out beast and a workhorse. It's a little bit of the Ty Montgomery category of things from about a month ago when Alex was very concerned that he was going to start getting injured. Alex texted me on. Monday and said, hey, man, we need to consider about maybe is Fournette a sell high because of his usage and are we concerned about his injuries? And I get it. I mean, I think he's way more of a traditional running back than Ty Montgomery. And he, he by, he's not really a sell at all to me. I mean, Fournette is a definitely a horse to ride out. But I think there's, you know, we put Chris Ivory high up on the waiver wire cheat sheet this week. I think the main thing is go get him if you're if you are a Fournette owner. But you know, yeah, if you're a losing team, this is where he comes a little more into focus with the discussion we just had about Melvin Gordon and Devontae Freeman. If you're a losing team somehow and Fournette's your big asset, it's a reasonable time to consider selling him high with some of the injury and usage concerns as a rookie. You know, and that gives me a second to talk about Leonard Fournette because he's so – he's He's so he's he's kind of polarizing, you know, on the maniacal people on draft Twitter, on fantasy Twitter. You know, there's a lot of Leonard Fournette detractors out of there, and I just say, what's wrong with you? Learn to enjoy life. Like it's like the people who hated LeBron James for years. Like, I get it. Maybe you don't like him for whatever reason, but come on, the guy's a good player. Like, let's just enjoy life. Let's not nitpick everything. To death. So Leonard Fournette, man, I mean, you can say what you want. We've we've been on him for three years telling you he's the most, just the sickest, most dearest dynasty future and asset that we could ever be interested in. And, you know, we made every move possible to acquire him in our SiriusXM Experts League, which we're doing well in. And he's been a big part of that this year. He's got a very, very bright future. You know, but I, it is fair to say that 
other than the big long runs, he's been inefficient. And the the critics, especially the draft Twitter critics of him, it's the same critiques they had at LSU and coming out that they said we're going to translate to the NFL, and it to this point is showing a little bit true. He's a little bit straight line ish, and not really efficient on a per carry basis. You know, you see a Cream Hunt, and you wonder, man, maybe a guy that's just a little more elusive is better than that big old power back, you know, with all that speed like Fournette. It'll be interesting to watch develop. We love Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's certainly going to be a top five pick in fantasy next year. There's people already on our Twitter feed saying he's going to be number one or number two pick. I will say with Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone in the fold, that team is going to commit to the run and to the offensive line and to playing defense. You're seeing it this year. That line is better than expected. Cam Robinson's turning into a stud. I'm, I expect the Jaguars to invest into making that. I think that's going to be, you watch, that Jaguars offensive line is going to be one of the best. That's going to be a top five or ten offensive line in the next couple years. And that's going to be great news for Fournette because I think – I think what we're seeing with Fournette is I think we're seeing a guy that is operating on just talent alone for the most part to this point. And that right now is good enough to make him basically the top dog or one of the top dogs in the whole league already as a rookie and one of the best players in in fantasy football. And I don't even think he's hit his stride yet. If you watch him closely, when you watch the tape of Fournette, he's getting by on talent alone. Once things slow down and he gets a little more adjusted to the NFL game, we're going to see other pieces of his talent, of his repertoire unfold here. I just think we're going to see a much better player in year two or year three from Fournette. So I think the detractors will will probably be eating crow by that point. But just amazing to see a guy who can be so good as a rookie um, – in a situation that was supposed to be so pitiful in Jacksonville uh, there, but good to see. And one more sell high for you guys. It's not an, it's not a must, not a must, uh, but like some of these other ones, if you're in a pinch, we don't believe that tight ends win you your fantasy season. Think back. When was the last time a premium tight end really won you your fantasy season? It always looks great mathematically on paper or in theory. It rarely ever pans out. I don't think you can trust him over long stretches uh, health-wise. If I was a losing team or a team that needed a boost, or hell, even if I just owned him, period, I'm looking around, can I ship Rob Gronkowski off for something premium right now? His value's high right now. And, you know, a lot of you guys have picked up Austin Safarian Jenkins or Evan Ingram or... God God knows who else from the waiver wire cheat sheet this year. And it may have made Gronkowski somewhat expendable for you. And he's not a must-sell, but he's he's a good high to, a good guy to look at um, selling high on. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me on this week's edition of the Tradecast. It's week seven. Um, play like an expert with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. Come join us. If you if you if you listen to these podcasts and you haven't joined us yet, come join our come join our community at Roster Watch Nation, man. We'd love to have you. We'd love to welcome you aboard. We're a friendly and a lively community. Um, 
And we love the NFL year-round, and we love fantasy football. So become a winner in just a few minutes a week with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. Um, we cannot thank you guys enough for how much you support us in this maniacal endeavor we took back in 2011. It's really blossoming, and we've got so much more to offer. I mean, this is a community-sourced fantasy football intelligence outfit. Everything we do is funded for you guys, and it's for you guys. And there's just way more to, to come if we can keep growing because um, you guys encourage us to keep doing it. So one thing I've added for this week is we've talked about the buy lows and the sell highs the last few weeks. But I felt like maybe I didn't leave you guys with any clear-cut instructives you know, or examples of you know, what you can do. So here's a few examples of combinations from the guys we've discussed on today's podcast that it would be examples of deals that we might try to go out and make in our own leagues. Um, if you're interested in going to try to buy low on Julio Jones, you know, maybe you could go in with a Kelvin Benjamin and a Chris Thompson. Maybe you could go in with a Jordy Nelson and a DeMarco Murray or Carlos Hyde. Something like that would work. I don't know. Maybe you could do a Kelvin and a Jordy. Something along those lines. I think we get it done for Julio Jones right now. I mean, those are respectable offers. It's not just the straight-up McKinnon one that Alex was so upset about yesterday. Uh, I think you can. Uh, McKinnon is definitely in play in Julio Jones offers. Certainly. I think it's gonna, you're going to be hard-pressed to do it straight up. But a McKinnon plus something... I mean, based on what we're seeing from uh, our subscribers right now, that can get something done for Julio Jones potentially. I'd say the same for Christian McCaffrey. If you can put him in a deal, you know, can you do Christian McCaffrey and, you know, Jordy Nelson for Julio Jones? Those are deals to look at right now for him. Those are fair deals. I think those are those are deals that the Julio owner would actually consider. Um and then maybe you could substitute Michael Thomas for Julio Jones in a few of these. You know, again, I don't really see him as a buy low. His production doesn't say that he is. But for some reason, it feels, you know, like in the collective consciousness of fantasy football that he is a, at least a little more obtainable right now than maybe otherwise. So if for some reason, you're hot for Michael Thomas. That's I think you could offer some of those deals I just mentioned for Julio. Maybe a, a little bit lesser version for Michael Thomas. Uh, for Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper, we told you guys those were buy lows at the wide receiver position. I would trade Chris Thompson or less for either of them. That's a clear instructive to you, Roster Watch Nation. Chris Thompson or less for Devontae Parker or Amari Cooper. But if you can get that done, I like it. I mean, it's not clear cut that those guys are an upgrade over Chris Thompson if they're just in your flex position. But if he's a bench guy and you need a starting wide receiver, that's a good deal. If it's a flex deal, then I'd probably want to give up less than Chris Thompson. Um, we talked about Alvin Kamara and Sterling Shepard. I mean, more than likely, those guys are holds right now. But if for some reason you are the one who's going to ship them off, you know, just make sure it's in return for deals with good players. Don't be swindled. Don't be swindled. It hurts to get hurt. 
And, you know, I guess just uh, one last instructive here before we get to the Roster Watch Listener League breakdown for the Cockamamie Business League. Um, we talked about it yesterday, but in case you missed it, guys, this thing is getting real. If you want the golden children of Roster Watch Nation, this is the time to go get them right now, this week, on your waiver wire, on your free agent list. Uh, it's the golden waiver wire wide receivers of Roster Watch Nation that we talked about yesterday. The Young Guns, the Mike Williams of the Chargers, Josh Doxson of the Redskins, Corey Davis of the Titans, John Ross of the Cincinnati Bengals. If you want those guys, this is the time to go get them. And we're telling you that these are the most, some of the most dearest, most golden, most cherished prospects in all of Roster Watch Nation. All right, here's the breakdown for the Roster Watch Listener League. We'll get to the Banana Hammock League next week, I hope. Um, let me pull it up here. I have a big breakdown for you guys. I got maniacal. I can't believe I spent all this time on this damn league. All right, so here is the breakdown as of week seven. Kind of a week six, week seven breakdown for the Cockamamie Business League. So... My first observation, boys, is that, I mean, that's a grown man's 14-team league. So, congratulations. Props to all of you. That's a hell of a league. That's a deep league. That's a hard league. Whoever wins that is a true, true, true monster. A real cockamamie fantasy monster is going to come out of this thing alive. I think some cockamamie monster is going to come out of the woods in this fucking league, man. Like some big old yeti. Anyways, um, my note last week was that getting shifty was totally getting fucked at 0-5 in 12th place. He'd had the third most points in the league scored against him. Uh, but he was only the... He was... He was only the third team to have cracked 300 points or 600 points himself on the season. And so it's just one of those situations where he'd had a horrible schedule. Getting shifty, had a good team scoring a lot of points, but he was just having a shitload of points scored against him. And however the matchups were shaking out every week were just unfavorable. And that's just when you throw up your hands and you say, fuck, man, sometimes it's not in the cards. Uh, but my my note to Shifty last week was to keep grinding and then it takes seven losses, especially in a tight year like this. When you're a points leader, it takes seven losses to be to typically be completely out of things, out of the wild card picture. In a 14-team league, it's, it could be more like six losses. Um, so I was going to tell him to keep his head up and then, fuck, man, as of this week, getting shifty got off the mat with a monster throbber of a win. I was spot on. I knew that thing was about to percolate. I could tell. I was spot on with the... I'm looking back at what I was thinking in week six, and a lot of this stuff came home to roost in week seven. Getting shifty, congrats, man. I knew you had a good team, and you were getting fucked, and you had a monster win to prove it this last week. I think it might continue. You might go on a run here, so hang with us. 
As of last week, the tiptoe burglar was the highest scorer in the league, and he was in first place exactly the way that should happen. That rarely goes like that. But thank God. It's nice to see, you know, when you score a lot of points that you're at the top of the standings. Uh, he's being led by an elite stable of running backs, and Deshaun Watson mentioned last week he was praying that Zeke didn't get suspended. Looks like he's off the hook for a couple of weeks here, and after getting another, just he he fucking put a beating on whoever he played in week six. The tiptoe burglar stays at the top of the standings. He's the front runner of the Cockamamie Business League and Roster Watch Nation. And look, this is such a tough league. We pro- we will get you guys. Whoever wins this thing is going to get a cool prize. We haven't figured it out yet, but we'll make sure that it's going to be awesome because, fuck, man, this thing is tough. Um, I guess then, then let me – some guys that I had on my watch list last week. Um, was Beast Like Lynch and Daddy Caddy? Beast Like, Beast like Lynch beat Daddy Caddy this week. I had Friggity Frank and Munchin on Bunchin on my watch list last week. And the teams that made my watch list last week were just teams that I thought had good rosters in this league that um, had a chance to maybe break out here. Friggity Frank gets the win over Munchin on Bunchin. Those are two big wins for Beast Like Lynch and Friggity Frank to beat two other guys on the watch list and start trying to uh, trying to continue moving forward here. Uh, upwards and onwards, trying to catch up with the tiptoe burglar, but boy, that's going to be hard. Uh, one man's trash was on the watch list last week as a, as a real trash man style team that was centered around three good players, Antonio Brown, Kareem Hunt, and Cam Newton, a very trash man ass team where his strategy is just to simply patchwork around that core of players. I liked it. I know the trash man would like that team. Um, and he won. He won. So a lot of these teams that I had on the watch list last week, they won um, and looked to be trending upwards. So way to go, one man's trash. Keep it up. And then poor Team McGregor, man. He was on the watch list last week. He had a good week, a good week, but lost a tight one and a really painful loss. Uh, sorry to see it, uh, uh, Team McGregor. Uh, let's see. So big wins for the burglar and getting shifty in week six and heading into week seven. And then I even took the time to get back to diabolical and give you guys a few trade suggestions here inside the cockamamie business league. Uh, munching for bunching. I think Melvin Gordon is in play for you right now. So if I was the other teams wanting to circle like buzzards and disembowel you, I would certainly be aiming for Melvin Gordon. If I was you, I'd be looking to see if, if I could get a fair and good you know, deal for Melvin Gordon, a high deal. You want to sell him high, and I'd break him out for a couple other players that can help you win this week and maybe help you come back and uh, navigate the next you know month of the season or so. I don't think you can do it with that roster and Melvin Gordon alone. Same thing for you, the PP dribbler. We hate to give up on A.J. Green. If you need to ride him, you can, but – you're in a similar situation. Um, we talked about it earlier on the pod. AJ Green and Gordon fit the profile of the very small section of fantasy players that you know they're quasi premium, quasi elite players. But when their value's high, if you're if really high, when you're in trouble, you can, in good conscience, consider breaking them down for breaking them out for other 
good assets that can maybe help your personal situation more as you try to get out of a hole and uh, fill some roster spots on your starting roster. Uncle Rico, mm, you've got a bunch of players we've talked about from this podcast on your roster. So hopefully today's talk has helped you out. Uh, getting Swifty. You know, man, since you owned Mike Evans, I think I would take Chris Thompson and Deshaun Jackson and go see what I can get. You know, maybe you could do the opposite. Go shop Mike Evans and do the thing in reverse and see. My first thing for you would go shop Chris Thompson and Deshaun Jackson, Swifty, and see what you can consolidate that into a more premium player to get in your starting lineup. I think if you do that, you got a, a good shot to get off the mat here. If you can't get that done, it's not a directive, but you might consider shopping Evans and seeing if you can break him out into a couple players that would make your situation better, improve your situation. Um, but that's that's definitely not a must. We'd rather package Chris Thompson and Deshaun Jackson if we could. And chock full of nuts, man. I'm worried about you, brother. Hang in there. I'm worried about you, man. Well, guys, it's been fun today. Uh, really appreciate you joining us. Really appreciate all of your support at rosterwatch.com. Uh, for more access to more tools and content like this, join join our community, winning community at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. Uh, please remember to follow us on Twitter at rosterwatch. Also, please, guys, go to iTunes and give this podcast a maniacal, a stellar five-star review. Uh, I'd really, really appreciate it. Anyways, my name's Byron Lambert. For all the pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com, thank you so much for joining me today. And until next week, be good, Rosterwatch Nation. I don't catch feelings, I just catch pips. On that trade floor, I make my trades flip. That's one trade that I just made. Your whole mother and father's wage slip. I leave West End with a few expensive bags. I be selling stocks and then I buy it back. Then I hit the clubs and then I ball out. I got the tax man thinking I'm supplying crap. But I'm at the same place sitting at my desk. Trying to buy the dollar and then I sell the yen. Exit the trade and then I take the profit. Then I ball out with my nigga tunes again. I'm